the last year, 2017, uh, it was has been a year of transition at the church. And transition can be a, a challenge for people. In fact, we spent the first six years prepare first six years, first six weeks of last year preparing uh, by teaching about transition. Uh, and probably the last month or so, the staff had uh, said to me, you know, uh, you've been sharing with us what you see and you've been sharing with us uh, how you feel about things and and we're excited and uh, because I am. I mean, I, I'm more excited about, Springhouse, and I've been since we moved into this building 13 years ago. And they were saying, you know, it might be good for the congregation to actually hear what you see and how you're, how you're feeling. And I said, you know, I think you're right. And it would also be good for the congregation to hear what you see. And, and, uh, we've got five pastoral staff members. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to do, we're going to do a, a facts in five, first of all, which means each staff member will get five minutes and there'll be a countdown up there. And so, you know, you don't get to go five, four, three, two, but you can think it. You just send your thoughts to them. Uh, but, it, but it's going to be real good. And then I'll, and then I'll come up and there won't be a countdown anymore. <laughs> good to be king of England. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be brief. Okay. Uh, would you welcome our worship pastor, uh, Will Severe? Good morning. And it is, it is so wonderful to be in the house of the Lord with such a wonderful family of God. I, I just want to say how humbled and how blessed we are uh, as a family to have been able to come here to Spring House, that the Lord put us here and how that was really a, uh, something that God ordained, that He just uh, He blessed in our lives. And, uh, and we're here to serve, and we're so glad to be here. And it's, um, it's a real honor and privilege, it really is. But um, what do you call um, the guy who gets to hang out with all the best musicians at a church, it's called the worship pastor. It really is. I, I, I couldn't be more thrilled with the amount of talent that's involved uh, in the musicians. Uh, pastor Wayne, uh, the, the talent that you have ra- helped raise up that the Lord used you for, it was just, it's just been phenomenal. And uh, I'm eternally grateful uh, for, for your ministry and what you've brought uh, to Springhouse. And, and going forward, I'm blessed and humbled to serve with these amazing musicians. I, I can't say thank you enough. Uh, you know, you can't list everybody. You can't say, uh, go through and say, uh, oh, what a wonderful job that Claudia is doing. It's great. It's wonderful. And then, and then I'll go through everybody. So we, we don't have time for that. But uh, I do want to thank all of you as well because you've you've been so uh, comforting and, uh, and with open arms, and it's uh, it's been really neat. And I do believe that God wants us to go to the next level. I think He wants us to move forward. I think He wants us to take the next step in intimacy with Him within our worship. And I don't want us to get confused. I know this is review for many of you, but worship is not the first forty minutes of music in a service. That's actually just the worship music where we worship together as a family in song, but we also worship Him in reading the Word together. We also worship Him in teaching. We worship Him with obedience in our lifestyle, in our day-to-day lifestyle. And this worship service is what we bring together as a family of God, and, and, and we're able to focus our thoughts and our minds on Him. Uh, I do want to explain a little bit on uh, a little bit of a background on how I got here, uh, because God had it. Uh, in mind before I did, before uh, anyone did, really. I, I want to tell you about my mother. She is an amazing woman. She's a, a prayer warrior, really. She is 
uh, a fabulous, uh, fabulous lady. Um, and she was driving by about 10 years ago. Um, <clears throat> they were looking for, has it been about 10 years, Sarah? Since she was, she and dad were looking for um, a, a, a townhome condo to, to purchase uh, so that they could use as a um, investment property. And Sarah and her uh, roommate at the time, uh, Courtney could live there. And uh, they were, they were searching Smyrna and they were driving around and she drove by this house and she was overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and she began to pray and, and she believed in her heart that this is where uh, I was supposed to be, where my family was supposed to be. I didn't even have children at the time. And uh, she began to pray in the spirit. She began to, uh, to pray and, uh, and open up uh, her heart to what God was going to do. And she mentioned it a couple of times over the years, and I really thought she was crazy. Uh, and there's times when we all think my mother is crazy, but, but she's wonderful. And, uh, and the Lord had a plan. And uh, the Lord ordained it. That was before I ever met Ronnie uh, doing theater. And uh, it's, it's just been a wonderful blessing for me. Uh, I'm going to take the last couple of moments uh, just to share. Um, I want you to, uh, I want to encourage you um, to, to take the next step, whatever that means. And, and don't allow yourself uh, to judge the outwardly expression of worship of somebody around you. Yeah, you are in control of your own worship experience. If the Lord leads you to move your feet, move your feet when it's time. If the Lord leads you to raise your hand, raise your hand. Shout a praise. Sing your voice aloud if you can. But, uh, but don't allow yourself. It's a dangerous path to be judging those around you on how they are worshiping. Um, uh, I want to encourage you to take the next step, what, it, what that means for you, and open up your heart to what God has for, you, for us. I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled. Uh, I think if we concentrate on uh, allowing the Lord, giving the Lord access to do what He needs to do within us, to open up our hearts and say, God, I dedicate this time to you each week. God, I dedicate my life to you in service to you. Lord, I give you this time. I give you my heart. And then and then he takes that. And by doing that, you're allowing your hardened heart to become moldable and pliable. And he takes that uh, moldable and pliable clay and transforms us to who he wants us to be. God bless you. So I got to do it with more than five seconds left. <laughs> Good morning. Hey, I'm Alan Smith. I'm one of the pastors here at Springhouse. And I am excited about what God is going to do in the year to come. Listen, um, God is a mighty God, and He is a God of wonder. And there are things that are happening that we don't even see that He is doing. Do you know that God is at work every moment of every day around the world? And my prayer for us is that we become more and more aware of all the things that He's doing in us and among us and through us. I've had the opportunity to see God do some mighty things in other countries on missions trips. But can I tell you that God is doing things that are just as mighty and powerful right here in Smyrna, Tennessee, right here in this church and in some of your lives? That's the God we see. Revelation tells us that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. That's what being missional is about, is per proclaiming the gospel of Christ, proclaiming the death, burial, resurrection, and the love of God. I believe that in, in these, these relationships that we're building through small groups and discipleship with one another, just walking out 
our Christian faith with one another and learning more about one another? Listen, there are miracles sitting in this room. There are miracles in this room. Lori Stilger, there's a miracle sitting right there. Justin Bashirs, there's a miracle in your life, brother, from what God took who you were and what he's done in your life. And there are others in this room that we don't even know because we don't tell. I just want to encourage us this year to be a, a year of testimony and telling the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Telling what he's done in your life, what you've seen him do at your workplace and to the neighbor next door and to family members, to one another and share the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, except the Lord build the house, they that build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchmen wake in vain. Listen, God's building something here. You know, when you build a home sometimes and everything's just the way you need it, but then through the course of life, things change in your situation and you have to remodel. Not that what was built wasn't right, but you have to remodel and make it new and fit what's going on now in your life. I believe God's rebuilding it this season. And there's a transformation. Barbie's going to talk about it later. There's something stirring and churning in this house that the more we begin to declare God's goodness in the land and tell what he's done, I believe there's going to be testimonies of great healings this year. There's going to be testimonies of families being reconciled and restored. There's going to be testimonies that will come out of this house of supernatural provision that you just cannot even imagine that God will do in your home and in your family. I believe that there's going to be relationships that are going to be strengthened and developed through discipleship and, and walking this thing out with one another. God is, that's being missional, getting those things hand in hand with one another and taking it. Listen, we've got things planned for this year. We're going to do things in our community. We're going to take missions trips. There's going to be things that typically people think are missions, but I want to challenge each of us to live a life of missional living telling of the goodness of the Lord in your life, telling of what he can do for you in your life, and, and sharing that with those that you know. Listen, as I wrap this up, I just want to urge us all, this year, let's seek him deeper. Let's trust him greater. Let's serve him, serve him with an unrelenting passion. And then let's proclaim him bolder than we ever have in our life you've never experienced a move of God like what he's about to pour out on us. Let's be a part of that. Let's, let's just declare it to the nations. Amen. Now, listen, this next guy, he wears a lot of hats around here. He's the youth pastor. He's a small groups pastor. He's a little bit of everything, but I know him best as a friend. Here's Kevin O'Day. <laughs> For the average teenager, the middle and the high school years are sometimes some of the most challenging years of their lives. Uh, this is the time when they are struggling to find identity. Sometimes they are given into peer pressure, evaluating toxic relationships. Uh, sometimes in this, uh, in this, uh, aged frame, they are evaluating, um, who they are and, and who they want to be. And it's our desire to, to provide a safe place for them to grow and mature. Sherry and I desire to walk alongside and build meaningful relationships with each one of the teens uh, in our church. We want them to grow in stature and might. This is a time in life where they stop riding on the coattails of their parents' faith 
and they start to make the, their faith their own. And they start to ask the why questions. And teens don't want any answer. They want authentic, genuine answers to their questions so that they can understand why they believe what they believe. Um, we want to strive to provide that type of environment for uh, our teams. Our scripture this year comes from Jeremiah 29, 13, which says this, you will seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. And as we seek the Lord together and as we find them, we want to encourage our teens to recognize when the Lord is doing something. We want them to know how to hear his voice and know it's really him. And then we also want them to know how to incorporate the Lord in the broad conversations of their lives. Simultaneously, we are talking to the teens about what a new life in Christ looks like. We want them to, we want them to understand that there is a new life that they can have in Christ Jesus and that they are made new. So what's the difference of living a life with Christ? And what's the difference of living a life without them? without him. And we want them to make that choice on their own. We have um, several things that uh, are planned for the teens. And one thing that I know about a teenager is that they want to do things together and they want to have a riot. They want to have a blast doing those things. They want to get wild. They want to get messy. They want to break things. They want to take everything that we've arranged and they want to totally mess it up and move it around and then move it around again. They want to stay up all hours of the night and eat unimaginable amounts of junk food. They want to jump in the cart at the grocery store, grab cantaloupes, and play roller football in the fruit section. They want to make memories. They want to have adventures. But guys, most of all, our teens want to be heard, and they want to hear the answer yes more than they hear the answer no. Sherry and I, with our team, strive to to create an environment, a safe environment where that can be the case. We've got a lot of incredible things planned uh, this year, and we couldn't do that without our amazing leadership team. We have 12 uh, incredible, outrageous, uh, extraordinary leaders who partner with us, each at different stages uh, in their own life, but they love the Lord and they love your teens. We meet with our teens on Thursday nights at seven o'clock in the reservoir. Uh, there we hang out, we play games, we build each other up, and we grow in the Word. On Sunday morning, we have two small groups that meet, one for middle school and one for high school. Uh, They meet during the first service hour, and in those uh, classes, they talk about relevant topics to their life, and they grow in the Word. If your teenager came through this church through the children's ministry, then they went through a curriculum that took them through the entire Bible. We want to take that strong foundation, and we want them to grow and make that applicable to their life. And so as we move forward, we have a lot of things planned. We have an outrageous retreat planned in two weeks. We've got events planned where we're going to be uh, doing an all-nighter. We're going to do blasts. We're going to go to Holiday World. We're going to do a Super Bowl party tonight. Why? Because I like sports? No, because I want them to get together and eat junk food as much as they want so they can build relationships with one another, right? It's going to be a terrific year, and I want every teenager every teenager to plug in to what we're doing here at Springhouse. I am excited about what the Lord's doing in this group. Parents, ultimately, my desire is that your kids, your teens, grow in a community of believers where they are encouraged in their gifts, where they worship together, and ultimately, their sense of meaning comes from the one who gives life.
come to Springhouse Youth Group. Would you welcome our children's pastor, Margaret Meek? Wow. Resetting the clock. I just want to say Springhouse has got some crazy fun people in it. But I get to minister to the people that are the most open to Jesus, the most creative, the most excited, and the most loving. And you know that it's true if you're a parent because I've got your kids. They're absolutely awesome. And there's so many cool things that are going on at Springhouse Kids right now. I just want to cover a couple of them and give you a few highlights. Maybe one of the most visible things would be Springhouse, the emergence of Springhouse Kids Town, which is um, down that that hallway down there that says a parent and kid only zone. Um, it's really such a blessing for us to all be in one space. And it's been something that I've been praying about for us to all be together in a space that would be safe for the kids, where the parents could access the teachers and actually get to see a little bit of what's going on in the classes, where um, it would let the kids know that we love them, that there would be artwork. You know, that the artwork that they like is not necessarily what you like. And so we've tried to do things that would really, really stimulate their senses and let them know that this is this is where they belong. And guys, we're not through with what we want to do with Springhouse Kids Town. We've just begun. We've uh, started a road and we've got different storefronts down that road. We want to expand it so that that the hallway really looks more and more like an actual town. We want to take those ideas that we've started on the outside of the rooms and take them into the classrooms. We want to expand what we've done in Cool Church. It's the only space we actually have to share, but we want to have some things that make it uniquely our own. And um, one other thing we want to do is, is have an area for new people and for people that are, are signing in, a welcome area that they really, really feel welcome to. But I'm so excited about Springhouse Kids Town. It's awesome. Um, another thing that we've done this last year that we want to continue this next year is connecting families. If you're going to minister to kids, you minister to families as well because we're not on our own. And I know as a young parent, one of the things that really helped me was connecting with other moms that also had kids close to my ages. And that's hard to do on just a Sunday morning. So we wanted to have some events that would be family connecting events. And we started this this last year. I want to continue it into this coming year. And I just want to say, y'all bless me so much. By the second event that we did of the summer, we were getting calls and we were getting messages. I have a family member. They used to come to our church. They don't come any longer. Can I invite them? Yes. You know, I've got a friend. They don't come to our church, but I think they would connect with our people. Can they come? Yes. You know, I've got a neighbor that, and it was so awesome that you guys really understood that this was something where we wanted to reach out. And it began to snowball um, in a really good way, snowball. And I, I want to say when we did our back to school carnival, we had people here that I, I've never seen from our community. They were, it was awesome. And then when we did the uh, trunk or treat, it blew everybody's mind because there were so many more people. We, we didn't advertise it a whole lot, but God just brought people in because you brought people in. And that was so cool. It was cool to see parents connecting with each other. It was cool to see kids connecting outside of church. It was cool to see people connecting with people in the community. That was awesome. And that is what we want to do. 
We couldn't do any of what we do without the amazing and wonderful volunteers that God has given us. From the people that, that work on the hallway that keep you from going back there if you're not supposed to, because, because they're keeping the area secure, but they're also making families feel welcome and, and safe to bring their kids. They're just an awesome group to those that hold the babies and pray over them and love them in our nurseries, to our teachers that share Jesus Christ every single week and the relationship that they have and God's word with those kids. They're, they're building things that will last for an eternity. Then there are the assistants to those teachers that undergird the teachers that help them and that help with special needs that are in the classroom. Guys, we are so super abundantly blessed. I, I just want to encourage you this morning. Springhouse Kids, Springhouse Kids Town is a great place to grow. It's a great place to grow in all kinds of ways. And I would encourage you to come grow with us, to get involved with the kids' ministry, to get involved with what we're doing. It really is the most exciting ministry in the church. Oh, welcome, Barbie Laughlin. Thank you. (laughs) At the end of 2017, as I was praying for the church and I was praying for you guys, the word the Lord gave me was, you are leaving a season of transition and entering into a season of transformation. And I began to lean in in the spirit and began to ask the Lord, what does that mean? And he's unfolded that in my spirit a lot. But he really clarified it for me last weekend. Um, like I said, our grandson was born last weekend. He was our fifth And he is just as beautiful and perfect as the first four. (laughs) But he came into this world by the grace of God and through the painful transition that his mother, Rachel, had to push through to bring that new life into the world. It cost her something to hold him in her arms. It, it, It took something out of her. It was a painful place. And so when all of us, after the child was born, when all of us walked into that space, when we all walked in there, uh, what we witnessed was a very tired but very radiant young woman. And right in the center of that space, right in the center of that room was this brand new life, something that had not been before but now was, something that we could all stand witness to. The pain she walked through in transition allowed not only her to move into a place of transformation, it allowed everybody in that room to be transformed because I can tell you all of our lives are changed by little Hunter coming into the world. And so as I'm looking at this, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, you need to understand that transformation is always worth the price, always worth the price and pain of transition. And my spirit just kind of rejoiced in that because standing in that room, there were grandparents, parents, children, and grandchildren. And as I looked into that room, as I looked into that space, the Lord just began to open in my spirit. In that room was our history as a family. Everything that we were up to that point, our connections, our faith, the things that we were, were in that space, our legacy, the seed that we as grandparents had sown into our children and that they were now sowing into their children. And, and the future 
of this family and this lineage was in that room. And as I'm standing there looking at the history, the legacy, and the future, everything just pouring over into the future, I thought that is exactly what I'm excited about for Spring House in this next season. That is exactly what I'm excited about. I'm excited about our history and the legacy of the seed that has been planted in this house. The things that are written, you might not know this, but under these carpets and behind this drawwall, there are scriptures, there are prophecies written even in the walls of this place. I'm excited about seeing what God is going to do with those things in this house in the next season. And I said, Lord, how do we facilitate? How do we embrace what you're about to do in this house? Not how may we manipulate and make this come to pass, but God, how do we embrace what you're about to do? And he gave me three instructions and I will share them with you. The very first thing he said is you tell them to be encouraged, be encouraged. And then there was the admonition, do not allow your heart to remain in transition, but allow it to move forward into transformation. And the the charge he gave me was, you will know that you are stuck in transition and refusing to move into transformation if what's coming out of your mouth is still about the transition. Because the word of God says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if you can't get past that, you can't get back to here. That's scripture. That's the word of God. The second thing he said is tell them to be engaged. He said, tell them not to check out. Don't become distracted by everything out, but be engaged because the scripture tells us that he says, behold, I do a new thing. Will you not perceive it? Will you not know it? If you, that tells me that there's the opportunity not to see it and not to know it, even though he's doing a new thing. If you have disengaged. And the final thing he said, tell them to be expectant. Tell them to be expectant. Tell them to watch for me. The scripture he gave me was out of Habakkuk, and it says, the vision is yet for an appointed time, but it will speak in the end. Though it tarry, wait for it. It will come to pass. It will not tarry. So I bring to you today the the hope of our history as a church, the legacy that God has given us, the seed in the soil, the future that is to come. That's 2018, the beginning of. So I encourage you to be encouraged, to be engaged, and to be expectant about what God is about to do. And now our pastor, if you will come. Whenever something happens, whether it happens to a group or, or to an individual, or, uh, somebody else, or maybe you, uh, we have a tendency to want to go, okay, why did that happen? Uh, you know, why, why did that happen? And the truth of the matter is, uh, most of the time, you're not going to find out why. Uh, so just get over it. That's, that's, that's the way that it works. And, and if you can't get over it, uh, oftentimes we'll come up with the wrong Answer for why that happened, and it'll and it'll kind of lead us astray. There are only two places you can get your information. One is from the world; has a lot of outlets, but that's that's one. And the very best that the world can do is to give you an explanation from a from a carnal viewpoint. Well, this happened because they did that, or this happened because you know somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do, uh, and. You know, fact some on some very factual levels, yeah, you can you can kind of go there, but you have to you have to be very careful when you when you get into more nuanced situations. Not, oh, that fire started because they left the stove burning, you know, 
well, when you, when you begin to get into motives and things like that. Uh, and I say that's the best the world can do because most of the time that's not what the world gives you. Most of the time the world gives you spin, which is totally designed to make somebody look bad and somebody look good. Okay. There's another place you can get your information and that's the word of God. Uh, now the world will always give you an explanation. Sometimes God's explanation is, uh, it's too deep for you. Your wisdom unimagined who can understand your ways. So you have to, you have to be able to accept that. Uh, but, uh, in looking back at this year, don't think that there haven't been times that I haven't gone, God, what? <laughs> you know, what's going on? And, and the thing that, that he's directed me to was John chapter 15. And even people with just a rudimentary uh, knowledge of the Bible often uh, have heard of John 15 or, or one of the passages from it. And what they've heard is, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Every branch that remains in me will bear good fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. And John 15 has a lot of good stuff in it. That, that, that's the secret to being fruitful, remaining in Christ. It's also the, the secret to having our joy made complete. It's the secret to, to, to having our prayers heard. But that's not how the, that's not how the chapter starts. The chapter starts with this. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off in me every branch that does not bear fruit and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And I really believe that 2017 was a year of, of pruning. I mean, he opened my eyes to that. I'm not saying that, you know, well, well, the people who left and some who aren't here, you know, were, were, were not fruitful because I really, in looking at them, I don't know of anybody that I would go, oh, well, they're gone because they weren't fruitful. There are two churches today that have worship pastors because they came out of here in the last 12 months. It's a church today that's got two assistant pastors because they came out of here in the last 12 months. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a church today, uh, a little church down the road in Murfreesboro that, that needed, a, needed a, a strong teacher to teach a topical memory system. Yeah. Uh, well, they, they got him from us. Yeah. Uh, Wayne and, Wayne and Jean are getting ready to go to Africa in, in March. You know, this year they're going for weeks rather than going, how, now how many days did you say I could be gone, Pastor? You know. Uh, Bruce and Jill, I mean, there, there are ministries all over the world basically going, please come help us. You know, uh, there are churches today that have people in them who bring peace, who bring how to worship, who bring zeal that were here last year. Okay. But the kingdom has been expanded because of it. And Whenever you see in the, in the, in the world, we, we tend to think, you know, if it's not getting bigger and bigger and better and better, then something's wrong. Uh, no, maybe that's just a tumor growing, you know, uh, sometimes bigger and better isn't what you want. He doesn't say some of the branches that bear fruit, I'll prune. Every branch that bears fruit, I'll prune so that it'll be even more fruitful. And for some of you, there's been, it's been a year of transition in your lives. Uh, so this isn't just about the church. You need to understand this principle. Whenever things are going on in your life and you're kind of go, what, what is this? This is, this is hard. This is not something that I want. You need to understand that in everything, God is at work for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. 
I mean, that's not what the world will tell you, but that's what the Bible will tell you. Even what the enemy means for evil, he turns it for our good. His plans are still to prosper. He's not forgotten us. He's, he's with us in the fire and the flood. He's faithful forever. He's perfect in love. So that's what I think has been going on. See, even Jesus, on, uh, he had to say, he said to his disciples, it's good for you that I'm going away. How can it be good for Jesus to go away? How can it be good for this one to go away or that one to go away? And yes, there are people that I miss, but we, we have to understand that we are not people stuck in a temporal time situation. We are people for eternity, the, the eternal life that God has given to us. And the kingdom is what matters. The kingdom is what matters. And things are going to be better. Think, things are going to be even more fruitful here. And last thing, this is, this is, I, I know I, I, didn't have a, a, a timer thing. I've, I've taken my five minutes, but I am the senior pastor. Uh, what happens when something has been pruned? New growth. And who's that new growth? Please consider what a new season means for you. Uh, some of you have been here for a while. Uh, you've been blessed. You've been, you know. Uh, now it's time to, it's time to do something. Time, it's time to take a step. You know, it's time to reach out. Some, some of you, um, I'm, you know, this row right here that's empty, do, do you know that worship tends to be stronger on the front row than it does on the back? I mean, God wants some of you to transition on down. <laughs> that could be what's happening. You know, just consider what God has for you.